0: This is K.M. Wyland, and you are listening to the 504th episode of the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. This episode of Helping Writers Become Authors is brought to you in partnership with PodTone. If you're a podcaster who's struggling or unsure about your recording quality, or if you need help editing, mixing, or mastering your podcast, Podtone is a team of producers and professional audio engineers dedicated to providing budget-friendly, customizable solutions for podcasters. In addition to mixing the sound every week for this podcast, they've worked with me to make it sound better in many ways. If you're interested, you can visit them at podtone.com or drop them an email at info at to get started today. As I've mentioned, I've been spending a lot of time these last months researching and prepping for a project I've been planning for literally years now about archetypal character arcs. I'm just finishing up the last of my notes and getting ready to move into a short research phase to reacquaint myself with some important stories I'll be using as examples in the series. I'm hoping to start sharing this soon, but in the meantime, that's the main thing happening for me behind the scenes right now, which leads me to this week's podcast. Productive tasks you can still do, even when you don't feel like writing. Don't feel like writing right now? Or maybe you don't have the time, or maybe you're just blocked as all get out at the moment. Whatever the case, there's no reason you can't still use what time and motivation you do have to feel productive about your writing because writing is really about a whole lot more than just the writing. I'm often asked if write every day means you actually have to, you know, write every day. What about all the other important tasks you have to accomplish as a writer? What about outlining, researching, note typing, editing, proofreading? and all that other vital stuff. Now, first off, everybody's mileage varies on this. However much writers sometimes want there to be 10 commandments of how to be a writer, there really aren't. There's only what works for you and what doesn't. But for my money, any task that is directly contributing to the creation of a story counts as writing productivity. This includes all prep work, such as outlining and researching, and all editing work, including proofreading. Personally, I do not include publishing and marketing efforts in this category, since they're more about product production than story creation. Now, this broadening of the definition of writing to include all parts of the creation process is, I think, valuable for several reasons. For starters, it eliminates one of the many possible self recriminations with which writers like to flagellate themselves we put so much pressure on ourselves. We tell ourselves we must write so many words a day, so many days a week, and they better be good words, or we're failures. But realistically, daily productivity is about much more than just high word counts. In fact, sometimes the reason the words won't come is because we haven't put in enough time on other parts of the process. Second, it allows us to better manage our time and energy. Sometimes it's hard enough to find a solid chunk of writing time every day, much less additional time for the outlining, researching, and editing. This is why I recommend devoting your daily writing session to whichever single part of the process you're currently working on. If you have two hours a day set aside to work on your book, then you'll use that time for outlining, when you're in outlining mode, research, when you're in research mode, and writing, when you're in writing mode, etc. This helps you better organize your process, it combats the distraction of monkey mind, and it takes away some of the pressure of thinking you have to do it all. And finally, recognizing the equal validity of necessary, quote unquote, non-writing tasks can allow you to tap into a powerful feeling of productivity, even when you're not lining up words on the page. This realization can be especially valuable in times when you don't feel like writing, for whatever reason, as many people don't in these ongoing weeks and months of quarantine. I have to admit, I haven't done much fiction writing these last weeks but I've shown up at my desk every single day and moved the needle on my story projects in some way. I may not be tallying record word counts, but I feel good about what I'm doing because A, I enjoy it, and B, I know I'm contributing to my ability to write later on when the time comes. So if you find that you don't feel like writing right now, or perhaps that you just know there are other things you need to do first in order to be able to write, here's a list of 15 important writing tasks you may be more in the mood for. Not only can you honor your own energetic needs of the moment, you can do so without slackening your productivity and in a way that still lets you foster a daily habit of showing up at the desk and stewing in your story juices. Task number one, journal about why you're personally blocked. Sometimes there's a lot to be said for making yourself sit there and stare at the blinking cursor until finally the words come. But sometimes the more productive route is to stop long enough to figure out why the words aren't coming. If the reason you don't feel like writing has more to do with life than with the story itself, Try devoting at least a couple writing sessions to journaling. See if you can work through your emotions and fears until you get back to a place where you're happy to be working on your story again. Task number two. Brainstorm solutions for why your plot is blocked. If the reason you're unable to write your characters out of that fix you got them into is because there doesn't seem to be a way to get them out, You're probably dealing with good old-fashioned plot block instead. And this can be helped by journaling, again. My outlining process basically is journaling, a stream of conscious conversation with myself on the page about whatever's not working. If I get really stuck in the middle of a story, I'll return to this same process, sometimes by typing in a new document on my computer, sometimes by returning to PIN and notebook. Task number three, create something else, a story or not. Maybe you're currently stuck because the story in front of you isn't the right story for this moment. If you're an obsessive finisher like me, switching horses midstream can be tricky. But sometimes a change can make all the difference. Moving on to a new novel or perhaps a short story or poem or even a new medium such as painting or crafting, will help you return to a feeling of productivity. And you never know, it might be just the ticket for giving you a new perspective on the old story as well. Task number four, read about writing. For most of us, reading is so pleasurable, it almost feels like a cheat, but it can be so productive. You may be blocked because you're lacking specific information you need that you'll find in a writing guide. Or you may have a backlogged TBR pile of writing books just full of inspiration and motivation that you didn't even know you were lacking. This happened to me a few years ago. If the actual writing just isn't happening for you right now, give yourself wholehearted permission to use your writing time to read about writing. This time will not be wasted. Task number five, read your research pile. So by the same token, you may have a pile of research books waiting for your attention. Or maybe just a list of research questions you know you have to figure out how to answer. Whenever I'm in research mode, I joke that I get to sit around reading all day and call it work. But it's true. Many stories can't move forward until you've learned a great deal. When the words won't come, make use of someone else's. Task number six. Learn about and apply new story theory systems. There's always more to learn, whether it's the principles of story structure, the foundational elements of character arc, a specific system taught by a writing guru, or a new theory all your own, you can vastly advance your storytelling abilities by mastering a new perspective on story itself. This is how I've been spending much of my writing time during the quarantine as I'm working through these ideas about a progressive system of archetypal character arcs, which will contribute to future blog and podcast series, and will also hopefully help me move forward with my own novel in progress. Task number seven. Devote some time to prep work, even if you're in the middle of your novel. Sometimes we get this idea that only real writing is the writing we do in the first draft and beyond. But outlining is totally writing. Whether you prefer Roman numeral outlines or stream of conscious brainstorming, it's all story development. Even if you're halfway into the first draft, you may find that one of the most productive things you can do is return to some prep work such as developing your story's structural beats, or double-checking the progression of your characters' arcs, or maybe just reworking your way through some stubborn plot holes that have cropped up in the first draft. Returning to prep work can feel like taking a step back, but, and I speak from experience, it's often much more productive to swallow your pride, screech a recalcitrant first draft to a halt, and go back to shore up the entire outline before moving ahead. Task number eight, interview your characters. Although generally considered a part of prep work, and for me, it's a vital part of the outlining process, it's never a bad time to stop for a chat with your characters. You can do this in a formal way, using a list of questions to make sure you know everything important about your characters, or you can do it in a more freewheeling fashion, just throwing out questions on the page and seeing how your characters respond. This can be a great and fun method when the characters seem as blocked as you do. Asking them about their motivations can be especially revealing. Task number nine, analyze your story's scene structure. If you're not in the mood to write a new scene, you can feel just as productive, maybe more so, by stopping to map out the scene structure of your existing and future scenes. Proper scene structure asks that each scene offers six specific beats, goal, conflict, outcome, reaction, dilemma, and decision. And these then lead seamlessly into the next set of beats in the following scene. So analyzing and double checking your scene structure for weak links in the chain can be game changing, both in terms of tightening your manuscript and even in showing you plot holes and blocks you may not yet have recognized. Task number 10, type up notes. If you are a slave to your notebook, like I am, then you know the creative power of writing by hand, but you also know the drudgery of having to type up your notes. And this is often a chore that gets put off and put off until you can hardly remember what's in your notes to begin with. But if right brain creativity just isn't happening for you, you can make great use of your time by taking care of boring, busy work, like note-keeping. Task number 11. Organize your notes. For many, organizing your notes may go hand-in-hand with typing them up. But if you have a lot of notes, whether from inspiration, outlining, or research, you no doubt know how easy it is for them to somehow sprawl their way all over your computer. Even the mighty organizational powerhouse Scrivener can quickly turn into a rabbit's warren of random files and folders. At a certain point, my brain explodes and I have to take the time to consolidate and reorganize notes so I can easily make sense of them when in a more creative frame of mind. Task number 12. Spring clean your story folders, computer, office, house, now, technically, this doesn't meet my initial qualification that a productive writing task must directly contribute to the creation of a story. But if you're one of those people who need an orderly environment in order to concentrate, then putting some time into cleaning, tossing, and organizing anything from your Scrivener project to your entire house may turn out to be a very creative use of your time. If nothing else, consider it creative lollygagging and use it as daydreaming time. Task number 13. Edit your story. There is always more editing that can be done. If you don't feel like writing, you can always scroll to the top of your document and start reading. Or return to a shelved project and start tweaking. A change of pace can shake up your creativity and you'll never regret putting a little more polish on what you've already written. Task number 14, edit for someone else. Now, again, this doesn't explicitly qualify as productive creative work on your stories, but if you just can't write anything right now, then offering to read and or edit another writer's story will allow you to at least keep yourself in a writerly atmosphere while also doing good for someone else. And task number 15, dream zone. So finally, Don't forget that sometimes the most productive thing you can do is just stare into space, put on some music, go for a walk, lean back in your chair and close your eyes, build a campfire, and work on your story via mind pictures rather than words for a while. Now, it should go without saying that all these useful tasks can easily turn into procrastination gambits, but it's vital for authors to be able to take their own temperatures and know the difference between an undisciplined dodging of the daily writing session versus a genuine need to take a break and focus on something else. If you identify with the latter right now, you can use any of these tasks to stay close to your writing, feel productive, and still honor your need for a little creative rest. And while you're resting, I hope you'll stop by the site and tell me your opinion. What is something productive you try to do when you don't feel like writing? If you'd like to be part of the word player community over on my site and join in the conversation on this subject, be sure to stop by the website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. You can always find a transcript of the most recent podcast and add your voice to the discussion by visiting the first post on the site's homepage. And don't forget that if you're looking for an older post, you can always find those by putting the podcast title in the search field at the top of the right-hand column. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast platform may be. And if you'd like to support Helping Writers Become Authors, I would totally appreciate it if you'd consider taking the time to leave a quick rating or review on your side of choice. Thank you so much for listening to the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast and be sure to check back again next week.